Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and today we have a very juicy, polarity-filled, feminine, masculine, interwoven conversation with my dear, dear friend and colleague and brother in polarity, Dominic Cortuccio. This is his second appearance on the Mind Body Musings podcast. Actually, it's his third because... I released an episode on my podcast that I did on his podcast called The Five Ways Men Lose Credibility with Women. And then I had the other episode just with him, interviewing him, called How to Make Your Goals Lighter and Your Love Darker. And that was a hit. And today's episode, I'm going to get into it with him. I'll share what I'll share with you later what we're talking about, but a little sneak peek we're getting into your questions that you sent me on Instagram to ask Dom. All things related to sex and being in a polarized relationship. And we talk specifically, we talk quite a bit about being in a relationship with a more feminine man. We talk about things that hurt men's feelings that women do. We talk about um, the equivalent of how women are hurt by men and if men care about how women's bodies look and integrity. We talk about all sorts of beautiful things. So get ready for that episode. I do want to share with you that when I recorded this, I was trying out a new mic and I always learn my lesson, Madeline, always. I learn this lesson over and over and over again and I just don't always remember it. And that is to do a very nice lengthy test of a new microphone before you push it out and you do an official episode with it. But um, that said, there's only a couple kinks in the microphone. Everything else is gravy. But the very first one is like right off the bat. So don't let that lead you astray to think that the quality of the mic will not be great. It's great. There's just a couple little blips. But I think you can get through those. All right, let's read a review of the week. Haven't done one of these in a while. The review of the week for the Mind Body Musings podcast on iTunes says, Amazing! Valley Girl F199. Yes. Um, with five stars. I've only been listening to Maddie for roughly seven months now, and I've actively gone back and listened to her other podcasts from years ago. They've truly inspired me and helped me shape my spirit for the better. I'm always at peace and open to what she has to say on each episode. It's crazy because I've never been one to listen to any type of podcasts whatsoever, yet I found Maddie's and wow, it's amazing. I now find myself excitingly waiting for the next one each week. I'm new to the spirit realm. Welcome. And also, no, you're not. You've been here for forever. And just began my awakening. So how she conveys her ideas in each episode is so inspiring to want to grow more spiritually. I can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much, Valley Girl. And welcome to the spirit realm. I love that you said that. And uh, it's so, so delicious and good to have you. And also, thank you for being a, a semi-new listener. Seven months is still a pretty impressive time. And leaving a, a review. Sometimes it takes years for people to leave reviews, which is totally cool, 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 cool. But it also means a lot to me when I receive uh, a review, each one. So thank you for this, beautiful soul. And another thing that's very exciting, very, very exciting. So in this episode, Dom and I start talking about this idea of actually doing a uh, an embodiment polarity practice 
live so that y'all can watch. Because I talk all the time about the art of revealing, why it's so important as a, as a feminine being, if you want to have a juicy, polarized, artful relationship, to reveal through your body instead of always talking about how you feel. And um, there's, I have an episode on this called The Three Stages of Communication with David Data. Go listen to that if you're confused by what I just said. Um, and uh, keep listening to this to understand more about revealing, because Dominic has been on the receiving end of my revealing quite a few times, and we have a really great um, polarity chemistry. So we have this idea of actually doing a live practice where the women can come and watch me reveal with Dominic around ver uh, various circumstances and well, various circumstances and situations. So we act fast. We're on it. This upcoming Sunday in my group coaching program, the Sisu Society, I'm welcoming Dom in. We're going to do a group practice and then me and Dom are going to practice for everyone to watch. And then there will be time for some of the participants to practice with Dom. And then we'll have some time at the end, hopefully for some Q&A with Dom, most likely. So if you love this episode and you want to know more about what it looks like to reveal in relationship, aka how to polarize your relationship, how to still be leading a moment but as a feminine being without actively leading, we're going to go into that together. This is really exciting. I've been wanting to do something like this for a while and here it is. So this upcoming Sunday, which is October 18th, 5 p.m. PST, we will be doing this practice. And remember that when you are in the CSU Society, you get all of the classes from the past. So we just had one with this amazing erotic leader. Her name's Genevieve. And she taught us the five flavors of eroticism. And afterwards, all the women were like, oh my God, I'm walking, I'm walking my dog as this erotic blueprint. And I feel so alive and I feel so free. And something's been unlocked and something's been triggered and something I'm touching something within that I haven't touched in a long time. And then the practice before that, we did Osho's work and we, we practiced together as a group and full embodiment of chaos and joy and love and archetypes and this group has really really I, t I took a dream that I had and I, I wanted to see this dream through and it's it's far exceeded what that original dream was and I'm putting all my love and attention into this group this is really a powerful place so if you're looking for a group that is basically worth several thousand dollars I would say per month and it's only for um, 44 bucks a month at least right now then come join us in the Sisu Society and get this group coaching and get this community and get really valuable insight and valuable tools and practices that you can't get elsewhere and if you do get it elsewhere it's normally a very 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 high ticketed intimate program and that's why I made the CSU Society so that I could still deliver these really powerful practices and lessons to you but in a way that um, allowed more people to join so this is a great investment to make if you're into the world of feminine embodiment and masculine embodiment because that's just as important my loves and this Sunday, we will be having this very special practice with Dominic. And I don't want you to miss it. I want you to come live so that you can both reveal, both see this and then possibly be one of the practitioners with Dominic to try it out yourself. 
All right, that's it. Let's go head on over to this beautiful, beautiful episode with my dear friend, Dominic Cortuccio. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and I am here with Dominic Cortuccio, who I have had on the podcast before. Um, I forget which episode it is, but I will make sure that I link it in the show notes to this. So this is his second appearance. Dominic is the co-host of the Great Man Within podcast, a show for high-performing men exploring the realms of purpose, masculinity, and sex. He leads two men's communities. One is the Great Man Mastermind, a U.S.-based community of 20 high-performing men living their purpose and designing their future. The second one is the Great Man Within Facebook group, a global community of hundreds of men doing inner work. He is also an international speaker and two-time author of Design Your Future and On Purpose Leadership. His mission is to lead 10 million men to live their potential over the next 10 years. I fucking adore this man. I love this man. This man has such amazing, stellar leadership. And our podcast that we did before was about how to make your goals lighter and your love darker. And it was so good. (laughs) And we're doing something new today. We're going to be treated to a really fun type of episode where we're actually taking all of your questions, ye women of the mind, body, musings, listenership, and we're going to be sending them to Dom to answer for us. Dom is going to Dom our questions about sex today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Madeline. You know, first of all, I have to tell you how envious I am of how fluidly and easily you just drop into podcast host status. Like we were talking and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm gonna hit record. Boom. And then you just go right in and do this flawless introduction. You can tell that you've been doing this for a while. Cause I've been doing mine for two years. I, I, I still don't have skills like that. So just need to call that out. Thank you. You know, it's interesting though. Like I receive that I receive, 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 and I don't always do it so fluidly. It, it, it's a testament to the chemistry of two people who can drop in together, I believe, because sometimes I'm like, well, 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 welcome, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm not clear. It really depends on the, the connection. So thank you. I feel that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like, and, and one of the things that maybe some of your listeners who have listened to our episodes in the past is you came on my show and you did one of the most popular episodes that we've ever had called Five Ways That Men Lose Credibility with Women. And I know you repurposed that for your show, so hopefully your listeners have heard it. But I mean, we have over 170 episodes now, I think, on the Great Man Within podcast. And ever since your episode uh, aired, it's been in the top 10 and has stayed mm. in the top 10. So yeah, that, that's a testament to... And one thing I wanted to say about that, Madeline, maybe you, maybe you remember this. The day that you showed up for that interview you were dealing with a migraine and it was a pretty bad one. You remember? Yeah, I remember. It was, a, it was an ocular migraine. Yes, an ocular migraine. I remember, and, 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 and you let us know about it before the show. We were like, hey, do you want to reschedule? And you, you checked in with yourself and you're like, no, I feel like I can go and do this. And not only did you do it, but like you dropped some dimes on us. Mm. And like the testament is just how many times it's been downloaded and shared. So even when you are 
in the midst of an ocular migraine, you still got it. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, I hope that's written on my gravestone one day. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was such a beautiful episode, and and that was one of the most. Um, I don't like most commented immediately commented on podcasts when I released that on my podcast, so many men out of nowhere that I did not know, listened to the show. Mm. were like, thank you. Mm. And I was like, Oh, there's men here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Where are you? Come out more. Come I will. I get it. So, so here's what I've learned, especially as like I've started to engage with my Instagram audience. Like I'd never really had, had built an audience there. It was more of like a personal page than a, than a, than a business one. Since I've started really honing in on my message on my Instagram, it's the women who comment. It's the women who share. The guys are lurking and they're, mm-hmm. and they're watching, but they're not commenting as much. And I just launched a Facebook group to support men. It's men only. It's called the, the Great Man Within podcast Facebook group. And the guys in there are active. Like they talk in there. So it's like when dudes are around other dudes, it's like time to talk. But when they're like in this public space, there's only, you know, there are far fewer men who are willing to comment and share, at least in my lived experience thus Mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially with the work that I do, I'm writing in the point of view of women. I'm writing using like your womb space, your yoni, everything is about women, body and anatomy. Um, and I've been more conscious of that recently, of wanting to be more inclusive to everyone, even if they're even if they're not commenting. I know they're lurking, and I I want them to feel that this like the intimacy work that is living on this page is is about all. Yeah, without without losing the the strength of how you've been talking, right? I mean, like I one of my first experiences with that was joining Marie Forleo's B school. I know that you're an ambassador, have been an ambassador in the past of her B school. I was like one of I don't know, like 2% of men at the time. It was like five years ago. And I didn't know if I belonged there, you know, because I was welcome, but I didn't know if I could comment. I didn't know if I could share because it seemed like it was mostly a community for women. And I loved that it was, but even just like a nugget every once in a while to be like, hey guys, to the men in here, we see you. You know what I mean? Like, don't be shy. Tell me what what you're getting from this. What? How can we make you feel more involved? And I would have loved it just a little bit more of that. Yeah, that's great feedback. It's really good to keep in mind and remember. So now on to what we're talking about today. Really excited about this. Um, Dominic made this beautiful, short and sweet, perfectly one minute. I mean, so on the mark, one minute exactly video saying, hey guys, I'm coming on to Maddie Moon's podcast. What do you want me to talk about? What questions do you have for me? So we're going to be pulling some of the best questions. I actually have about 25 listed here. So we're going to just, I'm going to see whatever ones I, I, I go with. I don't know exactly which ones they are also good, but I do know question number one. So Dominic, are you ready for your very first question of the day? Uh, yeah, well, I better ground my feet, take a deep belly breath, and now hit me with it. All right. This is a two-parter. Aren't so we'll they all? Our, we'll, take our, yeah. we'll take our time. We'll ease on in. We'll massage this one. Okay. So I took two people's questions, and I'm putting them together. How to be in a relationship with a more feminine man? 
Hmm. So that's the main question is how do I be in a, in a relationship? I'm assuming what she's asking is a polarity filled relationship with a more feminine man. And then another question I want to bring into this, just to keep in mind, there's a woman who says she is with a partner who has been doing TRT, which is for low testosterone, helping Hmm. boost low testosterone. Sure. And he's stopped taking it. And so his emotions are very, very high and he gets angry and he gets frustrated and she's trying to allow him to have his own feelings while also her feeling feminine yeah. and I believe these are the same question because low T is is typically very feminine and very emotional and, and, that, and that can be expressed as anger and anger oh. is actually a very 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 feminine emotion and then that goes in hand in hand with just the idea of being with a more feminine man so what do you got fascinating okay so let me, let me ask you a question, Madeline. When you read the question of how do I be in relationship with a more feminine man, do you get the feeling that the, whoever asked the question feels like she's happy inside that relationship? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm, no. And, and why do you feel that way? It feels, it, the question feels like, here I am, how do I make this work? It's not expansive. It's trying to get the way I see relationships is there's the lower chakra and then the higher chakras. Okay. And it feels like she's just trying to get the lower chakras satiated. Like, Hmm. let's just, let's just like make this work instead of thrive in it. And thriving lives in the upper chakras. That's where you reach ecstasy. So it really feels like, you know, I'm, it's kind of close to home for me too, though. How so? I've been in. Well, thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all just me buying time to figure out what yeah. the hell I'm going to say. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in. I've been in relationship with a lot of very feminine men. Have you? Oh yes, yes, mostly, okay. mostly. I mean, I would mostly. Say, mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. Well, why is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but I believe a big part of it is that I deeply crave nurturing and it's part of my own mission here on earth is to be my own greatest nurturer because when I'm finally nurturing myself the way I want a lover to nurture me I'll stop seeking my partner to be the nurturer Mm. but habitually I keep finding myself in that situation where I'm with men who are excellent at nurturing so they've got like that inner mother archetype and the shadow side of it is all the the shadow side of the feminine, codependency, manipulation, uh, an outpour of emotions. And if they're not, if they're not harmonizing that feminine energy they have with their own breath work, masculine leadership work, then it's just me being in relationship with another feminine being. Mm, Right. So my, my job has been to really learn how to nurture myself, my own inner mother, inner nurture lover. And, um, and get comfortable with my own yearning because sometimes even being the feminine being in the feminine is really scary, yep. you know, and that's another block for a lot of women. See, I think, I think you answering that question illuminates potentially some answers for whoever asked the question, you know, because if you found yourself in the, fe- in these relationships with more feminine men over and over, it's because there's something about that that you like. And for you, it's been that nurturing, that, that desire to be nurtured. 
um, the way I heard her question was, I'd rather him be more masculine and he's feminine. So what do I do about that? And I think like the first place to go with it is, is exactly where you just did, which is, okay, well, what about your needs has caused you to attract a man who's more feminine in nature, right? Like, what is it about him that brought him into your life? And is this a unique situation or is it more patternistic like yours, where like you found yourself repetitively in more feminine situations or with, with men who are more feminine and I, I do also take the stance that you do because we've done a lot of polarity work together, assuming that you are a feminine woman, if this is what you're asking, if you're a more feminine woman and you want your man to be more masculine, then you probably want to ask yourself the question, why did I end up my relationship with this guy in the first place? And, and is this his essence, right? Is his feminine nature more of his essence? Like, is this really who he is most at his core or is there something more masculine in his essence that hasn't yet been fully developed because maybe he hasn't done the work? And then the question becomes, you know, are, are you now going to be the person who tries to change him? And that could also be another pattern in your life about, let me find something about a guy, his potential, whether it's like he's not making enough money or maybe he's too feminine or maybe he's not oriented in his career enough. And I'm going to be the person who makes the difference and lead him there. Um, I think those are probably some first places to start mm. answer, uh, answering that question. Mm. So good. So good. <laughs> and what, th there's so many layers to this because also, um, what is your definition of a feminine man? Someone right. who shows emotion once or twice and that right. irritates you because he cries every once in a while or um, someone who doesn't know how to lead. Maybe he's actually leading you very well and he feels his feelings deeply. And That's right. perhaps you are a feminine woman deep in your core, but on your surface, you struggle with feeling feelings. You get triggered when you see he has emotions. You know, there's so many That's different. Big. The, the last thing I'll say about this is um, like, I've noticed in my own life that, and I talk about this a lot on podcasts. I just had a podcast I released about the feminine yearning, the yearning to be filled. When we feel, I'm going to use the word needy. When, when women feel we want attention, we get really scared because it feels like neediness and that's been shamed. Mm. So it also feels very powerful to be the masculine one in the relationship because your partner, mm. he gets to be the needy one who wants you. Mm. So you get to be the masculine. You don't have neediness because your partner is feminine. And so you choose to be in these relationships time and time again, where you're with a feminine partner who's more on the edge of needy because they're feminine. That's what the feminine is. It's, it's yearning for more love. And you're far away from that because you're actually just so uncomfortable with hmm. your own yearning. Hmm. So it's almost like you're, you're forcing yourself into a more masculine role to get out of that yearning by allowing someone else to yearn in your place, <laughs> like a surrogate yearner. But I do. I've noticed that. I've noticed that because okay. then the minute I'm actually in the feminine, I'm yearning for him. Hmm. And then I'm like, oh my God, am I needy? So I have to do needy shadow work. I have to come back into communion with my own inner needy, messy archetype, like the needy, like 
I don't know, 18 year old crushing on her first college boyfriend, calling him at 3 a.m., make friends with her again because she's yeah. your key for you being in a, a relationship with a masculine man. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Next question. How do I get my nice guy to stop being so nice? Yeah, I think it's like a, it's almost like a, a, a similar flavor, right? Uh, of the, of the same question that we kind of went into, which is, it sounds like Mr. Mr. Nice guy is, is almost more feminine in nature again. Um, here's one of the things that I've had a chance to see in working with men who would categorize themselves as Mr. Nice guy, guys who have been friend zoned. There's oftentimes a lot of shame around being Mr. Nice guy, shame around being the guy who's been friend zoned. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest things that I talk about that drives a lot of our lives as humans is obviously fear, right? This concept of drift I talk about all the time on our show. For men specifically, one of the biggest fear factors that they're unconscious to is this fear of emasculation, right? Like having your man card stripped away from you. Esther Perel talks about this. She says, you know, for men, masculinity isn't something that's just inherent to who you are. It seems to be this, this construct that you have to go out and earn and then vigilantly maintain over the course of life's actions, right? Like a man can lose his man card by not finishing his beer in front of a group of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, and, and so we fight over and over again on a daily basis to be considered a man. And it's, it's kind of fragile. Like masculinity can be fragile. Like, like trust is fragile. Spend your whole life building trust. You do one thing to break someone's trust and then it's like, it could be gone forever, right? Mm-hmm. Masculinity often works like that too. So I share that with whoever asked the question or whoever else has that kind of question about this Mr. Nice Guy because I know he can be fucking frustrating. Can I say fucking on this podcast? Yeah, you can. Yeah, of course. I can. Like I know, I, I know what it's like to be around guys who don't make, the, don't make a decision. You know, it's like, where do you want to go? Or they don't have boundaries or they don't have their own values. And like, I get frustrated with them too. But I want the first place I want to start is there's most likely some real shame that he's carrying around about that because society is not very nice to Mr. Nice Guys. They're not. Get put down all the time. And I've had men confide in me that, you know, in times where their partner, their feminine partner has called them out on it, it can be be one of the low, lowest moments that they experience. So I, I share all of that as kind of like the backdrop just for maybe some more compassion at, at first. And having said that, one of the things that Madeline, you are so gifted at is revealing the truth of your heart. And this comes through the practice, you know, that we've done together with John Wineland and, and Data's work is like, you can reveal the truth of your heart in this incredibly compassionate way where I can feel what you want without making me feel like I'm incapable of providing it. Hmm. That makes sense. So like one of the examples I'll give to you, and this is one that, that we had a, a breakout assignment for, for one of John Wineland's assignments. It was, it was like, Dominic, describe your ideal living situation. Okay, like when you when you end up in an, an ideal relationship situation with your with your f- future partner, how do you want it to go down? And then I had to to describe it to you and like another woman on Zoom and and see and you had to give me reactions as I went and described it. And I remember talking about how I wanted to have this big mansion with three bedrooms, 
I have my bedroom, you have your bedroom. And then there's like this one bedroom that we like get to sleep in together on Fridays and Saturdays or something like that. And when I described that I want my bedroom and then like, I want you to have your bedroom, you just kind of went like, like, (laughs) and and there was like a laugh to it, but it was so, it was so raw and honest. And it wasn't like I was disgusting. You just like showed your repulsion in a playful way that made me like very much realize that like you didn't want to be that, like you didn't want your partner to be that distant from you. And it was just so clear without words, just an emotion that, that like woke me up. And it actually caused me to think quite a bit from that point forward. Like it, that was like a year ago. And, and, and I've, I've changed my, I've actually changed my ideal living situation based on that feedback that you gave me mm-hmm. in, a, in a heart opened way. So I would say for the women who are dealing with men who are the Mr. Nice Guy, um, there are ways to reveal when he's doing something that feels really powerful to you and like promote that, praise that, shower with that. So like he knows how to, like that can grow. And when he's showing up other than that, can there be a way of revealing without triggering that shame mechanism that is most likely inherent in there over a lifetime of being called Mr. Nice Guy. My entire body is like hot and, and like in the best way. Like I feel, I honestly feel turned on when I hear about revealing and making yeah. each other better through the art of revealing and this idea of rewarding and then revealing. There's no punishing. It's rewarding, revealing, rewarding, yeah. revealing. And it's such a, it's such a, powerful way to be in relation is to when when your partner does something you you like and you love you shower with claps with praise with a smile with a kiss like you just show what's happening on the inside on the outside and then when they do something that doesn't feel so right yeah here's here's an example here's another example um when i'm intimate with someone and they're not making eye contact with me. Yep. I could go, you know, like get mad and like further cause shame in them for not doing it quote right. Or I could go, Hmm, come back to me. I knew that's exactly what you were going to do. Cause like, I, like I knew how you would handle that. And when that happens, like it makes me want to come back. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then when they come back, you go, ah, yes. That too. Yeah. Yeah. So like the little, mm, and then the, mm-hmm. the relief, it's, it's like these gentle little nudges of reinforcement, man. Like one of the things that you, I don't know if you've done this, but like, it would be a service to your listeners for you to even show them your practice. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like what are some of the, the key themes that like your, your audience struggles with? And like, I couldn't even act that out with you because like people need to see how you do this. Like you were, you, and we talked about Nicolette, who's one mm-hmm. of the other folks in John, in John's shops, like are masterful. And the two of you have evoked in me behaviors that I didn't know I was capable of because you guided me along the way. That was the whole premise of our, of our last episode together on your show, or maybe our first one, which was around making my love darker. Mm-hmm. Like there is this dark side inside of me that women have been calling for, but I haven't known how to let it out because I've been like told it's not okay. And then like when you helped me to reveal it and the other practice partner, 
it brought out something inside of me that had been longing to come out, but I needed, I, ne- I needed that evo- evocation. Mm. I just got a great idea. You should come into the Sisu society with me and we should do a practice in there. Done. Would that be great? Okay, cool. Done. I think that'd be great. So I've, I've had this yes. thought as well of like how much I would love to, because I talk about it and, and talking is helpful, but you're right. There needs to be a scene and yes. it also sounds super fun just to do this in that, that sacred space. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, that was so great. Um, <laughs> how do I let the man lead in the beginning when I'm so excited? I'm eager and excited. Yeah. How do I let him lead in the beginning? That's a great question. Yeah, this is good. And I'm just trying to like envision what her excitement, how, how that, how that may like override his ability to lead. So maybe like, here's what I'm picturing in the Madeline. Maybe you can even, if there's examples from your life too, bring this in. I'm picturing she's so excited, like let's get together. And she picks the restaurant. Let's get together. She picks the date. Uh, She wants, you know, here's what we're going to be doing. And because of her enthusiasm and it, and it sounds like that it's feeling good to her, he just says yes. And, and so like her enthusiasm is, is like such a yes to him that over time it becomes the default. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. How are you, I mean, are, are you interpreting the question the same way? I am. And I'm also thinking about the dating app Bumble. And how Bumble always starts with a woman reaching out first. Someone else asked that question of how do I, how do I let the man take charge after I'm the one who starts the conversation in the dating app, which I completely understand. That's um, for for a bit of time I struggled with that on Bumble, and then I just deleted Bumble, and I worked on myself. And I had other dating apps, I believe, but they were ones where men reached out. And now I'm you know, I'm on it and it's, it's a different experience that I'm having actually. Okay. Okay. Um, I, sorry. That's how I see that. I see, that's how I see the question or just like, maybe, you know, if a man is really in his purpose, if he's in his masculine, he's going to be in his purpose. And so perhaps these men aren't prioritizing relationship and dates as quickly as her heart is prioritizing the dates and relationship. Interesting. Yeah. Or maybe a man is like a slower burn. I know that I certainly am, you know, like at the very early stages for me, intimacy takes some time to build. And so like I get more enthusiastic as it goes along, but I would say maybe the game for this woman is take that same enthusiasm that you're using to lead the relationship, which is, you know, maybe like calling the shots on the dates and where you're going to be going and channel that enthusiasm into evoking his leadership. Right. Like, so like a part of that could be like, I'm so excited to see the place that you pick out for us on Friday night. Or, you know, I'm, I, I can't wait to know where we're going next, or I can't wait to see whatever it is, you know, like maybe if he's, if he's a gift giver, I can't wait to see what kind of thing you surprise me with next. Like take the enthusiasm, channel it into evoking his enthusiasm versus leading. And in, in essence, you're still leading. But like he's now leading the dynamic, you know, like the leading, leading the, the steps in the relationship. I think that could be, I would respond well to something like that. Mm. How do you respond when a woman is consistently asking you out or 
proposing date ideas. Do you, what do you feel in your body when that happens? Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm a more, I'm much more masculine oriented, right? Like I like to be the one who leads. So in my body, if, and I've had this before. Yeah, I get this, like, I feel this um, knot in my chest and a weight in my stomach. That's kind of like, like, slow it down, like Mm -hmm. slow down. I've got this. Like, and when I say I've got this, it's not that like, I'm not listening to you. It's, it's, I'm listening to you and I'm going to be leading this here. Right. And so like when I'm getting peppered with all these messages or every, you know, if I, if I write a message on text and then she just blasts me back within 15 seconds, every single time I send a message, even when I have like two hour delays, like that stuff is just like, slow it down, slow it down. Cause I feel like maybe even enthusiasm early in the relationship there can show up in blowing up a guy's inbox. And I've certainly known, like I've been guilty of this too. when I've gotten really enthusiastic at the beginning that doesn't carry over long-term. If you're, you're blasting back and forth, it sets you up for like a, a failure at some point when things start to die down mm-hmm. and it can be experienced as like a loss or like a disconnection when in actuality, it's just, you just couldn't keep up that pace anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm going to share some, I'm going to say something that um, is, is opinionated for myself, I guess. I'm just going to make a, a stance on something that I'm realizing right now. Do it. One, I don't, I don't blow up men's phones at all. I barely text anymore. That is a very big difference between me now and me four years ago. Mm. I don't text much at all. And it's because I'm hardworking. I'm on the computer a lot. I'm on the phone a lot. I don't want to be on it at all. Even if I'm crazy about someone Mm. when I'm not working, I want to be off. I want to read a book, watch a movie because I trust that whatever relationship is meant for me, it's, it's common, whether it's the one with the guy currently in my phone or a date I'll be in a year or two. I have no, like, I am not blowing up anyone's phone ever. And most of the times I'm actually receiving the text first and I respond. Yeah. And my responses are, are a combination of what we're talking about when they text me first like I had someone that I've been seeing right now and he sent me something and, and I just sent him a message back saying, I love it so much. When you text me in the morning, it brightens my whole day, butterfly yeah. emoji. I yeah. just immediately was like, I love that you did that. Do it again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it, it, it's like, you know, I'm turning Omrupani, this amazing sub dom teacher talks about how, when a woman turns on the green light in a man, the green light that says, I'm doing something right, she yeah. looks up to me, he will go to the ends of the earth for her. Sure. So my, my, one of my feminine desires in relationship is to turn that green light on. Yes. I want to turn the green light on. I reward. I say, thank you. I say, thank you. And I also give space and read the room. And, and, but I, I'm not going, I don't pursue anymore. I don't. I don't. I know where that leads. I, I, and that's one of the stances that I'm, I'm sharing here. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pursuing at all. This is just me. I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I yeah. love, <laughs> I want to be pursued. And then I want to shower with rewards and praise for that. It's yeah. not a one way street. It's that's coming towards me. And then I'm giving it right back and it's coming and I'm giving it right back. 
it's a dance. But the, the, the obsession, the chasing a man, the grasping on to a relationship is not something I do in my, my life. And I also, with one little caveat, I understand I'm not um, in the ends of my, my, my pregnancy days. That's a, a whole different conversation. I don't know what that feels like to be right. 34, 35 and actually be in that stance of needing a man. And that's very different. So I also just want to state that that's it's different. It's a different kind of category. Well, I think, um, I, first of all, I love, I love your stance and your evolution. And, and thank you for sharing it. The, you know, this dynamic of like where you started with the Bumble, which with, with Bumble, which puts the onus in the woman's hands first. And then like, and then what do we do there? And then you were talking about maybe a woman who's nearing the end of her childbearing years and wants and wants. And so there's more urgency. You know, I think, I think what both of those situations offer up is a really, I think a really cool challenge and dynamic to, to actually be more fluid in our, in our masculine and feminine styles. Like just because something starts off more masculine in nature, like Bumble putting, you know, like the first move in your hands, or maybe a woman who's pursuing first, doesn't mean that you can't transition from that, right? It's just like, you, like, I think there needs to be an awareness of, okay, this is the design of that particular technological platform, or this is the design of like where I am in my childbearing years with my urgency. And, and then like, I'm going to start, but I also know how to, to flip the, sw- the script. It's just kind of like, you know, in sexuality, right? Like, like some of the greatest doms and subs know how to take on both roles. And, and, and learning how to play that game and, and how to direct and guide and lead, that's, I don't know, that, that, that's what I feel like leads to mastery. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So beautiful. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So many good questions here. Madeline makes the best noises. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Okay, this is the next question. What things are hurtful to a masculine being done by a feminine and how it shows? How it shows. I'm not sure exactly what the how it shows mean. I'm perhaps, um, I don't know what how it shows. Do you know what how it shows means? Uh, I, I, I feel like I have an inkling, but... So the question here is like, what would hurt a masculine man in, in, you know, from the feminine side, you know, something that came up for me recently um, in a dynamic with a woman that like I had started something with, and then I would say energetically, and you taught, you taught me this term, Madeline is energetically dropped her, right? Like I, we had something that, that came on strong, came on fast. There was chemistry. Um, we slept together and after sleeping together, I recognized that I, I had hesitations of sleeping with her beforehand, um, but I was still more of a yes than a no. And then afterwards, it became more of a no. Not like immediately afterwards, but like kind of dissolved down. And, and instead of communicating that to her the next time we saw each other, we just weren't physical. And I didn't, I, I like, I didn't do what I needed to, to communicate to her that my feelings had changed. Like I dropped the ball there. And that was on me. And we eventually ended up having a conversation where she expressed her feelings to me. And what hurt was instead of expressing how she felt, it was much more of a, here's who you are, Dominic, and here's what you did 
and here's how you're a hypocrite and here's how you don't practice what you preach. It was much more of like a, um, an indictment on my character versus um, how my behaviors made her feel. And, and, and that started to hurt. And I could feel my blood starting to boil because there was a lot of stuff there that like I didn't agree with. A lot of her own responsibility that she wasn't taking, right? Like there was, there was much more of like a victimization and uh, perpetrator type of like scenario that was being set up. And, and she has codependent stuff that she, she ends up sharing with me as well. And we ended up in a beautiful ending to the conversation where we, we both took ownership. But if I was a less practiced man and I'd heard some of these things about like me, 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 and there was no ownership on her part, um, that not only would have hurt, like it would have hurt me, but I would have pushed her away. I could have gotten angry um, and had a non-productive conversation. So I, I feel like in the past, what has hurt me the most have been those situations where, at, like, as a, like as a human being, I'm going to disappoint you. Like I'm going to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing or not, not show up in the way that you expected me to. And where I get hurt is when, is when it's made about like your, your, my character mm-hmm. versus how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this one. And I, I, it ties into a very collective issue that is happening right now in with men and with women. And there's, so there's so many reasons why women are hurt and upset and healing. And that's, that stands on its own. There's a lot going on there. That's very sensitive territory, trauma, abuse, that should be nurtured. And alongside that, there is also a chronic disapproval of men that many women have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a chronic disapproval. And that goes back into the green, right, green light, red light, that we are turning on a bunch of red lights with our disapproval and it's making more and more men either get defensive, the exact thing we don't want, walk away, the exact thing we don't want, give up the exact thing that we just can't have on planet earth. And women are, I think women are forgetting how fucking like crucial our love is both to the world and to men and to each other and to other women. Yes. It's actually turning that green light on whether or not they deserve it always, or they're the perfect human. They reach our expectations. What, what small green light can you just flicker on for a moment for them? And what, what does that take from you to be love and to love? What does that really take from you? Nothing, nothing. It never takes anything away from you to give someone love and compassion in a moment, especially when they fucked up, when they feel shame, when they drop the ball. Because at the core of every human being, I believe is the desire to do good. Most every human being is. Um, And and communication is the way that we we get there and and holding space for for two things to be true at once. You drop the ball and you're human and you're learning and same for her. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you nailed it. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing else I could add to what you just said that would make it, that would elevate it at all. So here's one more thing that I would add to the answer to that question about like, what could it, what could you do to harm a masculine man? Three words, be a man. 
right? When you drop the be a man thing on a guy. Now, there are times where a guy needs to hear that. But like, like we're talking about like, these are the nuclear launch codes, okay? Like you don't pull them out often, you know? And, and, and oftentimes there's plenty of better things to say, but I know, like we go back to this conversation about emasculation. Most men do not even know the game that they're playing in their lives is avoiding being emasculated because it is so central to our belonging in this world. If we are not a man, that means we can't get the woman we want. If we're not a man, we don't get the respect of other men. If we're not, if we're not a man, then we can't ever ascend to, to levels of influence and authority. And constantly our masculinity is under attack. When you say, be a man, you have basically told him that he's not one. And when he's not one, he feels emasculated and shameful. I've seen guys, good men, who, like, who are of, of the most peaceful guys, tear up their apartments after having been told to be a man, punching through walls because it hurts that deeply. And I'm not saying that there's never a time that that needs to be pulled out, but man, you better be ready for a reaction. You better be ready for some repercussions, whether it's directly like in front of you, or he may lock away the key to his heart forever because he feels unsafe around you. So just recognize those three words be a man and how, how much power they can and destructive power they can have in a man's life. Wow. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's so, 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 so fucking crucial and important. Like we, again, women hold so much of the power and the leadership, even though if we're not the ones actively leading, we are. And so our weapons can be used for good or for evil. And that's one of those phrases before I was doing all of this work five years ago, I was saying that willy nilly. I didn't know. I remember one time one of my boyfriends was like, I was sleeping on his side of the bed. And I said, he was like, get off my side of the bed. And I go, man up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like, I I was joking, laughing, kind of. There was a little bit of seriousness in there because he was a very, very, very emotional feminine boyfriend. And And there was like a subconscious, especially that. That's something to notice if you're with a feminine man and you're not totally aware of your own verbiage and you're still flirting with the whole be a man verbiage. Like that's going to come out because you're not actually dealing with those relationship dynamics on the deepest level. So that might come out of your mouth. And that of course too takes that feminine man into even more shame. Yes. It's not good for you as well to put your partner in that category. Sometimes I think that's a big issue too, of like, putting our partners in the category of being a feminine man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even that. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. I mean, Madeline, what would be the flip side to this, you know, for, for a man saying what he says to a woman, is it, you know, like one, one of the things that I learned from having the, the red school on our podcast, the women from who've written wild power, they came on and did the man's guide to the menstrual cycle. We just had them on to do a man's guide to menopause. They teach women mm. how to live their life in accordance with their menstrual cycles. It's, they're, they're fantastic. You got to follow them on, on Instagram. And one of the things that they said that is the most humiliating thing that a man can say to a woman is like to tell her that she's crazy. When, like, you know, when she's going through a, either a stage of menopause or going through a, a stage of her cycle, to not take her seriously is, like, is, is like, the, like the most humiliating thing that you can do towards a woman. I'm curious, 
like what your, so I'm just looking kind of like for a, a counter example for be a man or man up mm-hmm. so that women can feel it. Like what, what's been something like that in your life? I like the, the crazy one. That one doesn't ring so true for me because I've actually never been called crazy mm. in my life. I, I speak to this in my women's groups because I know that's a thing, but I haven't, I was more of the repressive, quiet one. I wasn't the like, bah. Yeah. So for me though, something that comes to mind is stop being so sensitive. Ah. That to me is like a knife in the womb. And, and that's what Ooh. my dad told me all the time growing up. Stop being so sensitive. You're so goddamn sensitive. Like, I love you, dad. You're amazing. I oh, love you so much. But he did do that. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. that to me is really like my goal in life is to resensitize, resensitize. I want to be hmm. oozing with sensitivity. And now I have masculine men telling me like, on on our phone calls or whatever like people like you saying i i love your sensitivity yeah oh and it's like yeah it's sweet sweet honey to be praised for any men listening if you praise your woman or any woman in your life for her sensitivity you're giving her such a gift so i think that that's a similar one to me you know than to man up is is it's more about not being something, right? Like for men, yeah. it's like be more of a man, and for women, it's stop being such of a woman. Yeah. Know, women, <laughs> that's why women's fears, right. Right. women's fears are like being too much. Because sure. our our counter one is you're too much. Yes. Whereas the man's yes. is you're not enough. There you go. So interesting. Yeah, very. That's a that's a great insight. That is so true. Yeah, it's kind of blowing my mind right now. So for a man, it's like, stop being this. We need you to be that. And then you're, it's for you. It's stop being that, <laughs> you know, it's like, we, we can't handle you. Yeah, yeah, men, we need more of you. Women, we need less of you. Those are our <laughs> wounds. That's what the world yeah. is telling us. That's really mind blowing. I feel like we're going to have to sit with that one for a while. Yeah, seriously. Okay, let's pick one more, maybe um, like a lighter one. <laughs> Something that's a little, there was one question about, um, mm, okay, for, for a man, what different kinds of desires do you have and how do they feel? So different flavors of desires, let's get a little more specific, flavors of desires for the feminine, what different flavors do you crave and yeah. how do they feel when you get them? Yeah. Um, I don't know why this popped into my mind, but the first, the first thing that came into my mind when, when that question was asked was there was a time in my life where like, I was the guy, the one guy who wanted to have sex with a thousand different women to get the diversity of that. And then now I I consider myself the guy who wants to have sex with one woman, a thousand different ways, Mm. because I recognize like the the dynamism of, and I, and I tend to go for like deeply feminine women. Like I love the ever-changing nature. I, uh, I've learned to train my nervous system to handle like all the fluidity and showing up one way one day or one moment, you know, completely different woman. And I've learned to love that and appreciate that. So for me, like certain desires that I have with feminine women in my life are, I love one of my desires is like kind of going on this like spelunking cave diving mission to find out like what makes her tick at her deepest of levels, like what turns her on, what gifts that she has. 
that she's not fully aware of yet, mm. you know? And like diving in there and then, and then just being like, do you recognize how fucking special your love is? Or do you fucking recognize how amazing that your attention feels when you give it to me? Do you recognize what your eye contact does? Uh, do you recognize like that when you shine your light on something, it becomes like, it just grows like those kinds of things. And, and, and so like being able to see her bloom through that, like the, 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 I have a big desire around that. Another one of my big desires is, is to kind of like turn myself over to be cared for by her in her unique way. Like one of the things that I recognized as a, as a guy that just like, I'm really self-sufficient. I've, I've done the lone wolf thing. I know how to go off and be a rugged individualist and do quote everything on my own. And I can, you know, live a pretty self-sustained life that way, but there's nothing like, like, uniquely feminine nurturing given by an individual woman who has like her own specific skill in whatever way. And to turn myself over and be like, honey, I'm exhausted. I just went out and, you know, slayed some dragon. I've got nothing left in the tank. I need you. Like, how can you take care of me? And to surrender fully to that, like I, and just to see what she would bring to me you know, and, and, and then lavish praise on everything that that came, like, that's definitely a fantasy, like, it's, it's like a fantasy of mine, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I haven't, I don't think I've ever really fully articulated that way or turned myself over in that way. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And what I love about, I love them both. And what I love about that second one is there's such a switch that happens when women and feminine beings realize that they can leave the land of performance, porn type mentality, always trying to make the right sounds, look the right way, have the right body, leaving that so far behind in the dust and actually realizing that you as a spiritual woman, you as a mother archetype or as a maiden archetype, just like the rawest form of being a woman, just you. Yeah. And your humor and like the way you smile, all of that. You making a meal or ordering in a meal, just being fucking you. Yeah. How that's what is craved by the masculine. It's it's you and, and more of you, like just more of whatever that that I come from a very repressive, repressive background. So yeah. I was shy. I could barely speak up. I could barely talk. I, if I was starving on a date because we went to go just get crackers, I'm making this up. I wouldn't mention it. I wouldn't say anything. If I needed to pee, but his arm was around me while we're watching a movie, I would wait until I had to pee so badly. I had to pop out of the chair. If I was uncomfortable, I wouldn't say anything. It was so much less of me. Right. And, and the thing that's more of me that I believe is what like it goes into what you're saying is, is your attitude, your personality, your desires, and then your, your unique gifts are born from that place. hundred percent. So I love that you said that. And, and I, I have a little follow-up question on the, the first one. Yeah. When you said you want to be recognizing her for, you know, how special it is when you look at me that way, how is it that would feel so good for her to respond to you yeah 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 great um yeah because there's 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 a woman who 
I've been, we have kind of like an intimacy partnership is probably the best way of putting it. Like a woman that for the past three years has been my primary lover and she's not into this personal development world. And I met her at a different time, but like we've grown together and like, she's not going to read the books. She's not going to come listen to your podcast. She's not, you know, like none of that stuff. And so like, I've constantly been working on figuring out how do I reach her? And, and it's been through like really well-placed recognition of her, of like what she does that's so special. And one of the things I recognized is like when she turns her attention on me and, and we're, we're engaged sexually, like her, her love and her intimacy feels so special for me. Like it's nurturing. Like I, like I can, if I have her for one night only for the next like week or two, I can feel fulfilled because of what, what she brings to me in, in that period, in, in just like that short period of time. And when I have shared that with her, the way that like it really makes me aware that she's received it is like sometimes it's in the moment where she'll really stop. Like you could tell there's kind of like an interruption of whatever else was going on. And she'll just like, like lean across the table, grab my hand and be like, Dominic, thank you. Mm. You know, and, that, and that, that's all like, you know, like no, no other words need to be said, but just like a Dominic, thank you. And then a, like a, a looking into my eyes and I can tell she's reflective. And then there are times where she'll message me the night after the days after. And, um, and she'll be like, that thing that you said really struck a chord with me. And so I'll know, you know, that like it, it got in there and it's growing. Those are, and, and then finally, the biggest way is like just being more receptive to the, in, in the future, you know, to, to stuff like that. So it comes in easier and faster and, and deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. I love hearing that so much. And I, there's the, it's easy to hear, make eye contact and say, thank you. And be like, oh yeah, that's easy. A lot of people do not do it. A lot of yeah. women do not do it, especially the eye contact of just taking a moment I'm like receiving a breath. A breath. breath is so important. Yep. I breathe with the eye contact always like that. And, and the breath when receiving a compliment is really, really, really needed. So I just wanted to point that out because I'm imagining that if a woman is, oh, thanks, like kind of hurrying past it or even fighting you on it, it becomes a little exhaustive to compliment her and I would I would guess a bit of a turnoff because um, yeah. you want you want her to, to you want her to see her own brilliance you want to like give her the brilliance and there's nothing inspiring about the martyr archetype of being like oh I'm not that great no 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 I just you know just the work I have to do in this life <laughs> yeah well you're right because I mean for me with her it was for a while I, I I guess I wasn't saying it or articulating in a way where she really felt it for me so for a period of time it felt exhausting mm. until like I learned how to refine mm. my acknowledgement of her so that she could allow it in and one more thing I wanted to share here Madeline because I remember you sent me one of the questions that you got from your listeners um last night one one woman asked the question of you know like sometimes I'm worried about how my body looks when I'm having sex. Right. And, and like, does it like, what's a guy thinking about? And this goes back to the point you were just making about, you know, the man wants you to be more of you, like fully more of you. Well, to answer her question, the number one thing that the man wants in bed 
from you is to, is to witness that you are truly enjoying yourself, right? Like that you are fully receiving pleasure. There's nothing better to see a woman who is enjoying what it is that like I'm bringing to the equation, you know, and your ability to transmit that enters my body. There's something like, like if you think about like masculine people and feminine people, like the feminine can transmit something that can enter another person's body and they can feel that, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're eating a brownie and it's really good and you're like, ah, I can feel that in my body. Yeah. If a dude is eating a brownie, like, and he's really excited, like it, it doesn't enter another person's body the same way. Like women, yeah. feminine beings have a way of transmitting. And so when you're, when you're really in that in bed, that like that trumps everything, you know, whatever, like lighting you're under, whatever wrinkle is showing, what, you know what I mean? Whatever imperfection is on display. If you are enjoying yourself, that will wash away everything else. Mm. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So much of this, like the position of sex now for me is like arms wide, mouth open, making sound just more. Whereas used to, again, I wasn't generous with my own pleasure. I was quiet. Mm. I barely said anything. I was really in my head. And part of my path to get out of the head and into my body has been literally, it's so simple. It's been to make sound and just be generous with that. Because a lot of women, I know this particularly because of the Sisu Society, it's shared a lot. It's, there's, it's a huge struggle to make sound. Just even in your own, by yourself, doing cat cow. Like that is hard for a lot of women because it's not prim and proper and normal. So in sex, like women, I invite you to try a little experiment where you observe your partner's body language, face, breath, when you're repressing your expression. And you're not moaning, you're not, you know, widening your arms, you're not wiggling your torso, you're just really still and a little bit quieter and watch him see, does he look like he's in his own head or does he feel like he's really with you? Yeah. And then start to move your body, express your own pleasure. You can't even take charge of your own pleasure, move your hands around, make sound and then watch him. Is he with you even more now? Or does he look like he's left his own head and he's now in his body and he's engaged with you? Just a little experiment. And then once you like realize this on your own by, by really feeling it and embodying these two different differences, these different um, states, then I think a nervous system shift will happen. That's a great exercise. And I would love to be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be great for everyone. Oh, Dominic. Wow. This was so fun. Yeah, wasn't it? So fun. So fun. We have to do this again. This is like, I don't know. I I feel like a a series coming on or something. Seriously. And uh, well, the next step is coming into CSU Society and I'm going to be, well, we'll do a little bit of uh, practice. Yeah. It's important for people to witness this stuff. And like I've said many times before, you're masterful at it. And, um, and, and to give someone else an example of like, oh, that's how it looks. That's how it sounds. That's how he responds. I want that, you know, so let's do it. Yes. We're going to, we're going to do that. And then I'm going to have other women practice with you too in it. So I think it'll, it'll be a great workshop actually. I mean, I used to work in corporate America for 15 years and now I get to do this. 
and you're so amazing at it. You're so skilled at it. It's like, it's, it's what you're made to do is to come into the CSU society and other women's practice groups and be this amazing practice man. Ah, uh, I will be the practice man. Bring me in. <laughs> Where can everyone connect with you online? Yeah. Number one thing that I would love is, is for you to come and listen to our show at the great man within podcast. Um, we have so many great episodes, like that allows you to get inside the minds and hearts of men. Um, we talk about purpose, sexuality, masculinity, all of these conversations. And then Instagram is something that I've really started to, to take seriously over these last few months, um, putting out content regularly there. So at Dominic Q on Instagram at Dominic Q, you could probably find me through Madeline. You know, she follows me, I follow her. Um, and that's it. Amazing. And I will have all of those links on the show notes to this episode, which is episode 320. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can find all those there. Do be sure to follow both of his podcasts and his Instagram. So much beautiful content. He's very generous with sharing his his knowledge, just constantly, you're creating wonderful, very useful content, both for women and for men. So thank you for the work that you do in the world. And I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to release this into the world. And please everyone let us know what you thought about this episode by commenting on the website. You can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash Dominic dash dash Cortuccio dash two because oh <laughs> it's number two <laughs> very long one you can just go to my website you'll find it or comment on the Instagram post and we will see you all next Wednesday for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast see ya